What's going on, people? FC Wonder Kid, episode 94, here with my guy, Fredson. How are you? I'm doing better than all the Newcastle fans right now. <laughs> I know how hard that is, but hey, Newcastle United is still on the rise. Fox. It was a good attempt, but Manchester United is back in the win column, <laughs> and you got to give them the credit they deserve. Um, and my goodness, this whole past week, whether Champions League, Europa League, whether it was, uh, you know, Wonder Kids uh, making our life a whole lot more fun, uh, it was a wonderful week of football. Yes. It was a wonderful week of football. Do you agree? You got to agree. Right? Facts. And yeah. Eric Ten Hag made history by winning the first title of Manchester United in five years' time. The right transfers, the right dealing with the problems at Man United, and the right management at the club with Eric Ten Hag. But we'll be getting to that with the Man United Carabao Cup sec topic. But to start, we've got a yes. huge elephant in the room that is <sighs> six. 112 million spent with Todd Boyley in this new era. And where are the wins? One win in 2023. Four goals scored in 2023. And we're ending mm. the month, month of February. This is embarrassing management. Not just from Graham Potter. From Todd Boyley yeah. too. Because the expectations of Todd Boyley aren't being matched. Aren't. Yep. He can't be happy with what's happening. And I feel sorry. I don't... Enzo Fernandez left Benfica to Chelsea for $120 million. Enzo only lost once. Once yeah. for Benfica. He's lost three times since joining in January. Chelsea. Three losses uh, already, man. And Chelsea has lost, yeah. lost three matches in a row, too. Graham Potter, yep. man. It's not looking good. It's not looking yeah. good. Yeah, Chelsea officially has a negative goal differential. Uh, I believe negative two on the year. And uh, they have lost more than they've won. Um, and I don't know what Todd Bowley needs. Um, I don't know what signs from the universe need, uh, he needs to know that he doesn't need to spend that much money to have a good team. Mm -hmm. Chelsea never needed a 500, 600 million euro reboot. Yes, they needed investment but they did not need this much money this many players thrown into the mixer with a coach that has no ability to do anything different until he wades through all the different personalities he, he's frozen he's a deer in a headlight as it stands but what sign do you need any more than the sign that was given to him in this game against spurs mm -hmm. what was it it was 22-year-old Oliver Skip, Oof, having school. been at the club, homegrown <laughs> at Spurs since he was 12 years old, scoring the open opening goal against Chelsea, his first goal ever in 66 appearances for Spurs. What more sign do you need, Todd Bowley, that you don't need to spend 500, 600 million to win three points in the Premier League? You don't need to do it. Yes, it's interesting. Yes, we all want to talk about it. I know we're going to be talking about it forever and ever and ever. Amen. But when it comes down to it, sometimes you need a plan. Mm -hmm. And a plan does not materialize out of thin air. It doesn't come from Graham Potter's face. It oh. literally comes from having 
people that know what they're doing. And Chelsea does not look like a team that knows what they're doing right Facts. now. So. Facts. And Graham Potter went to a press conference joking that he had left yeah. a crisis meeting. That's not how yeah. you deal with problems. And he's showing desperate times. Dude, those are things that you don't do when you're calm and secure. You don't say that. And the difference... No between Graham Potter and Eric Tenaga and Arteta. Because yes, Graham Potter is justifying his results, saying that it's very similar to Arteta, is that Arteta had glimpses. Glimpses of sure. success. Arteta in six months won an FA Cup. Eric Tenaga in six months now won a League Cup. Graham Potter in six months, what did he win? Nothing. No. And he lost the no. respect of the Chelsea fan base with comments like crisis meetings in a press conference. That is disrespectful. Yep. And I really don't think Todd Boyley is going to go in the long run with Graham Potter. I think they won't have an answer today, but we never know the day of tomorrow, right? No. <laughs> so no. And I no. have and a feeling the day of tomorrow he's off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he he really could be. I, I, there are still a whole lot of people that have already vocalized their support, at least, you know, what? on Twitter saying, I don't know, finding somebody else doesn't necessarily get you out of this mess. Um, there's a lot of people that want to blame a lot of these players that just came in. But when it comes down to it, um, th th this is going to take everybody. This is going to take multiple crisis meetings. This is going to take just going out and scrapping it and getting it done. Um, but Graham Potter is definitely not helping the situation. True. He's not helping the situation at all because there is nothing new happening here. I mean, it was literally just like watching the game, hoping something else different was going to happen. But you can't if there's no plan to begin with. And you can't throw money at this situation. Fact. This is too competitive of a league. Todd Bowley, you cannot throw money at this situation. It does not buy points, maybe mm -hmm. in the long run. But this does is not working as it stands. I mean, they have not scored in seven of their last nine matches. Oh. Seven. Of their nine and, last matches. And they I mean, signed Moody, that is John Felix, they have Aubameyang yeah. there. Oh, yep. I mean, if you want to know exactly where Chelsea's mindset is currently, they are still riding. I don't even know how old Thiago Silva is. But oh, they are goodness. still riding Thiago, Thiago Silva until he literally breaks down. And he broke down today. He broke down today. True. He did. He's off the pitch. He might be out for a little while longer. I certainly hope he's not. But that is exactly, it's almost like this understanding of what they're doing. They're they're riding the players that have been good previous to this and hoping that over time, in an accelerated fashion, that all these guys just kind of like understand each other. True. That takes time. True. That takes and time, Jax even for immensely talented players. I don't. Mm, it, it it almost angers me. <laughs> and Jack it all, it, Silva, <laughs> I'll say this, Jack Silva is the worst injury that could happen for Graham yes. Potter next to Enzo Fernandez, in my opinion. And me seeing Enzo Fernandez for five months in the last few matches he's played for Chelsea, he looks exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah. And Felix, yeah. when he arrived, he was sharp. Now, I don't know what's happening. They really don't seem like they have the guidance on the pitch. And in the corners, you can see a lot of the preparation. Yep. And Enzo Fernandez wasn't prepared in the corner in that Tottenham game. So, I, well, I personally, again, uh, I think... Chelsea this season are focusing on the future of the club a lot. Even with what you mentioned, Kendry Paez, okay, 15-year-old, uh, yeah. the score from oh my gosh. 15 years old, and he scored 
professionally for Independiente del Valle. Kendry Paez, uh, Andres Santos has already been signed with the stars of the Copa Sudamericana, and you have Enzo Fernandez, the golden but boy of the World Cup too. So Chelsea is like just signing these South Americans, investing for the future. So Kendry... It's Andres. It's a hunt for Pokemon. It's a hunt for Pokemon. I mean, they're they're trying to be City Football Group who built this type of architecture over the last 10 years in terms of some of these guys will never see the field, right? Mm -hmm. Kendry Paez, they're going to go sign him as a 15-year-old when he can't even make the hop across the pond until he's 18, okay? It's... And yeah, you want you want to put age whatever, it it's the birth date that kills me. This kid was born in 2007. He was born in 2007. He scores on his debut and Independiente del Valle, I mean, once again, creates a gem. But he, this gem just got on the field and Todd Boley is already trying to get his signature. Elite okay? scouting. So it, and Andres said before it, the Copa Sudamericana, they had signed him already and he was a star. Yeah. And they, they signed yeah. him. There were rumors before he scored that debut goal that he had signed but, for Chelsea. So, But I, do you really think Chelsea fans give a crap? About a 15-year-old that's not going to help them for three years? <laughs> no, I agree. I, I agree I, with I, that. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. Like, these are not – we don't know what's going to happen. This kid could break his leg at 15 and a half mm -hmm. and never play again. I certainly hope he turns into some Ecuadorian superstar a la, you know, uh, Moises Caicedo is mm -hmm. possibly the most – I think he's the most expensive transfer in Independiente's uh, history, and this guy will probably get – I don't know. Todd Boley will throw $40 million at him for a 15-year-old. Who knows? But I just don't necessarily understand, um, uh, again, what the what what is happening here. Mm -hmm. There is no Eric Ten Hag that is saying it's my way mm -hmm. or the highway. Exactly. Graham Potter has been overrun by – it's not ego. It's simply this massive amount of learning that he has to do with uh, – Mikhailo Mudrik has different needs on the pitch – than Enzo Fernandez. Oh. Enzo Fernandez has different needs than uh, I'm already forgetting all Felix. these other players, right? You know what I'm trying to say here? Like, it, it's not as eloquent as I would like it to be, mm -hmm. but what we know, you were talking about preparation for Enzo earlier. Yeah. Well, nobody, nobody in this industry, nobody that watches these games as a football fan expected or were prepared for Todd Bowley to throw 500 million euros plus at a Chelsea football team that did not need it and for it to fail from the get-go. For it to fail from the get-go. Enzo Fernandez makes any team he walks into better. Fuck. And somehow, somehow, Chelsea's worse. Not because Enzo's a bad player. Simply because management. there's too many people. It's, the it's management. It's the boss. It is. It's Graham Potter. I'm starting it's to amazing. see... I'm starting to see, like, it has to be Graham Potter, the person that gets the blame. Uh, two it's a combination. In 15 yeah. games. Two wins. Yeah. And in 2023, life didn't change at Chelsea. It seems the same. It seems horrific, honestly, but the environment at the club. Even Todd Willey watching the games. Yeah, yeah man. And uh, Tot Tottenham scored two goals. Do you know how much both of those players that scored, do you know how much they cost for the club? <laughs> Zero. Zero. Learn Chelsea. And they have an amazing academy. And yes, they, they do. do sign players to the academy. <laughs> but it's at a cheaper right, a rate than an Enzo yeah. and Mudrik. And Mudrik, six games, zero goals, zero assists. It's not because Mudrik ain't talented. It's because the no. management of the team of Chelsea ain't done the right way. Sterling, Mudrik, Jean-Felix obviously has to play with a striker ahead of him. 
Seferovic, yeah. I've, I've said it. Seferovic scored more than 20 league goals. Check out where Seferovic is now. Okay, it was yep. because of Jean Felix he did that. So it's hmm. it's at Chelsea they need a striker too. It's unbelievable. And no yep. Enzo Fernandez has no midfielder next to him. That's why he yep. looks exhausted, and I said in the episode. Ikante is injured. Kovacic is so needed. It's so, it's yep. it's crazy how bad Jorginho? Chelsea look without it. Well, <laughs> that it, that's hmm. doing vertical passes now at Arsenal. Arteta's inspiring, as it seems. So a lot of wrong decisions, even in the yeah, midfield and, problem at Chelsea. It, it, and Mount, if you wanted conf- oh. if if you wanted confirmation, exactly. If you wanted confirmation that it w- was not the players beforehand that were the problem mm-hmm. long term, I mean, th- this is it. This is it. Uh, and and maybe three years from now. Maybe three years from now, or who knows? Maybe it's an Arsenal turnaround, and it's next season. Chelsea is going for the gold, right? <laughs> but but it it certainly does not feel like it. There sure. is a whole lot of pain ahead for Chelsea fans and and for the Chelsea. I, I, I mean, they've they've won eight and they've lost nine this season, <sighs> right? I don't think anyone expected that going into it. And surely, the team and the personnel that they had last year. Much. I don't think they'd be in this situation as it stands Fuck. if there wasn't some spending spree that happened. So Todd Bowley, I think, is definitely, first off, he bought the team, okay? So he can do with it whatever he wants, one. Two, he does have to take some of the blame here. I don't think it's all Graham Potter. I don't think it's all Graham Potter. I don't think Graham Potter is equipped for what was thrown at him and for the amount of resources. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, I don't know who is Timing. equipped. Is at this moment. <laughs> Go for uh, we've, that's, that's two episodes now. We've mentioned Jose Mourinho, so maybe, maybe. <laughs> Luis um, but I, I don't know. That's that's what a he lot is? of Chelsea fans. But tell us down below what do you think should yeah. be the solution of Chelsea? Who should start for Chelsea? Who shouldn't play? For sure, mm-hmm. if you're probably if you're playing Felix, you play Aubameyang or yep. David Fofana, even if you need. Just play a striker, man. Legitimately, you'll see the difference. But tell us your sure. thoughts down below. But you mentioned <laughs> yeah. the coach that is doing magic. That is Eric yep. Ten Hag. He said it was the beginning of a new era when he arrived at Manchester. And just like when he was at Ajax, Ajax hadn't won a trophy in five years. And now Man United, he has won their first trophy after five years at the club. And why did that happen? Because of Casemiro, because of Rashford's changed mentality. Shout out to Benny McCarthy. And the right yep. choice is being done consecutively. And that's that's Eric Ten Hag's doing. So I wanted to uh, <laughs> ain't it ain't it true? And I think they're at the beginning stages of doing it with Jaden Sancho too. I, I mean, I, I honestly think a year from now, um, we're not going to get maybe Dortmund Jaden Sancho again, but we're going to get Eric Ten Hag's version of it. Oh, um, and I, I'm I'm excited because he's willing to take. I mean, rehab projects is not the right way to put it, but it does feel like he's he's restarting or reamping up a personality like he mm-hmm. did with Marcus Rashford. It's amazing what a boss that believes in you does for a player. And Marcus Rashford is the testament um, to that with 25 goals this season, 34 goal involvements, a goal in the the Carabao Cup, and uh, a trophy that he can take home. And this is not a guy, once again, that had 80 million thrown at him. Top three three player in the world right now? In form? Marcus Rashford? Oh! Yeah, in form? Yeah, in form. Yes. Mbappe, Rashford... Um, 
I'd say that that's a pretty good list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't need, I don't know how many goals it is in 2023 right now, but Marcus Rashford just can't stop scoring, Fucked. and that's a good, that's a wonderful problem to have. And this was also we got to remember, this is coming off of Marcus Rashford had one of his worst performances of 2023, which is a, you know, it's it's a high, it's a low bar, it's a high. I don't know what ah. the the term is, but Marcus Rashford was coming off of a, a dud of a performance against Barcelona. No, it wasn't no, his greatest no. performance. It wasn't, the best, it wasn't his greatest performance. But he, he was no, there. he was there. There was a really yeah, good he, runs. He, he was there, <laughs> was but really listen, but run. that's like that's what I like to see. That's what I like to see. You come back, you go, uh, um, that's and cool. and you you move on with it. But listen. Mm-hmm. This is the difference between throwing money at somebody just to throw money at somebody mm-hmm. and throwing money at a 30-year-old, now 31-year-old, Casemiro, exactly. coming off of winning uh, La Liga, winning Champions League, mm-hmm. being part of one of the best midfields this you know football has ever, ever seen, right? And uh, accepting a new project. And that does come down to Eric Ten Hag. And you know who I'm going to give a little bit of credit to? Mm. Ooh, you're going to hate it. I'm going to give a little credit to the Glazer family. I am. I am. Because Eric Ten Hag gave them his vision, and then they helped him execute it by by giving the money that was necessary to bring in Casemiro, okay? To bring in some of these other players. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, they have turned Manchester United, even amidst this craziness, into a commercial juggernaut. I know most people don't want to look at that and say, yeah, well, that doesn't mean trophies in the door. Understandable. But as far as a business goes... Manchester United is doing just fine and will never have administrative problems. They'll never have any problems from here on out because it is still, even when they were at their worst, it was still a big club commercially. Okay. So you got to give, but but Ten Hag is bringing that playing field back, right? He's bringing them back. And I, I, I hear that. And that that's the trophy. This is the first little Testament to what he has done. And it's not little, I'm not belittling it in any way, shape or form. It is a trophy that was well-deserved and won by the team that should have won on the day. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, it's because Casemiro did Casemiro things early. And it's literally the one thing that we have said over the last year and a half, two years since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer days. It is the one thing we said that they defensive needed, and they mid. went out and they got him. <laughs> defensive mid, legitimately. Yep. And the best defensive mid in the world that Scott McTominay and Fred couldn't do the job. Yeah. And <laughs> he's couldn't... scoring goals now too, apparently, right? Needed scoring goals. goals in the Carabao Cup. Needed goals. <laughs> and I'm going to say this. It, for, compare, uh, I'm going to say this. In my opinion, Kazmir was the best transfer done by any Premier League team this summer. You had amazing deals like Palinia, Zinchenko, Haaland, but the level of Man United from where they were to where they the- are now Casemiro is the reason why that happened, obviously with the management of Eric Ten Hag. But Casemiro is the leader and the inspiration on the pitch, in my opinion. And Rashford, yep. you mentioned. Oh, 25 goals Absolutely. scored already. And Eric Ten Hag had to make the tough decision with Cristian Ronaldo. And even now, Sancho. He's coming back at the right time, too. I agree with that. And Elanga's on loan. Animal Mejri on loan. Amad Diallo, I think he scored a good goal on loan. So even players that are going up from Carrington, they have a plan. And they feel like there's a boss that looks at the youth, too, with Eric Ten Hag. So it's the transfers. Uh, So Eric Ten Hag changed Man United with transfers, dealing with all Mm -hmm. the problems at the club, investing in the youth, and bringing results winning results and that comes with all these all these ticks being done the right way so eric ten Hag, big credit to that 
but and here's the thing it's, it's because he took a logical step up Ajax obviously has resources but they don't have the stage except in those few years during the champions league that they were just so scintillating oh, yeah. and so amazing to watch right but eric ten Hag took this next logical step up and instead of flooding him with resources and buying him every player imaginable um he was the one that submitted the business plan, right? The mm -hmm. playing field um, plan, everything of how Manchester United was going to make it back to the top or close exactly. to the top, or at least in the fighting. And the Glazers then said, okay, here you go. And 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 that, I believe, they're, they're going to have issues in the future. I'm sure they're going to have disagreements, but it's going to be how they can work through it and the communication that comes from that. And if you can't communicate, I, I, there's no communication going on at Chelsea. There's nothing. There's nothing going on except here's a new player. Make with it what you will. Put them all in. Put a square peg in a round hole and, and expect a different outcome. Okay? Sure. And um, w what's coming down uh, to it, United has the ability they to use their resources to get infinitely better from a um, – from a paper standpoint, looking mm -hmm. at the paper players, right? Looking at these players. Wow, this person is so much better than so-and-so. But at the same time, none of that matters unless it fits into whose philosophy? Mm, true, but still. Ten Hawks philosophy. Like Martinez yeah. was a big name brought in. Like, and and, and uh, yeah. I'm going to say there's an elite statue that shows that when Casemiro came, uh, came to Man United now, things changed mm -hmm. because... Brun Fernandes, Brun Fernandes, okay, people, and Casemiro, when they played together for Man United, they haven't lost one match, one match, okay, on record. They are still unbeaten, and Brun Fernandes, Portuguese Magnifico, and Casemiro will make sure that the Europa League, the Premier League, and the FA Cup, they'll be fighting yeah. to get that too next to the league cup too so that's the winning mentality of these two players that change everything and rashford now's yeah. all with the celebration too showing it's all about confidence that it, it really it is. is all about confidence but yes newcastle yep. it was the first match of cottage in 728 days okay that was a big handicap straight from the start in my opinion sure. nick pope mm -hmm. would have been different in my opinion too from the start yeah. of the game because he would give much more security much more security and yeah i agree i can't even think what yeah. the newcastle players were thinking in defense before the match started but well, like it United deserved the yeah, win, and it, yeah, that happened. <laughs> it, it, they, they did, they did. And and Bruno, I mean, it was also unfortunate timing in that Bruno was coming back from that three-game ban, so he looked not his best, I guess you can say. Yeah. But that's also a product of of what Casemiro was doing. I think what Fred, Fred had a pretty good game for United as well, well. Um, in this in this final. Um, but you do have to say, I mean, these are two clubs that, that are incrementally taking, okay, Newcastle went from incrementally, it, it was kind of straight up. But there's a plan. There's a plan in place. And Newcastle met Manchester United. And Manchester United was the better team on the day. And Newcastle now has the ability to go back and put that score sheet up, put that result up on their uh, their locker room wall and say, this is what we have to work towards. Mm -hmm. This is what we got to we got to we got to do this. We got to continue to build. And Newcastle is very clearly a couple couple more pieces away from um, winning their trophies. I think, exactly. um, but, but one piece you, you mentioned confidence when it comes with uh, Marcus Rashford. And we think a lot of that obviously comes from Eric Ten Hag believing in Rashford and mm -hmm. telling him so. Okay. And it's just amazing. Eddie Howe has done the exact same thing with Miguel Almiron Joe and where Linton. he has come. And it is, it is and Joe Linton. Absolutely. And he has come Miguel Almiron 
when they were taken over, right? When they were taken over, Miguel Almiron was pr- pretty much in every fan's, every Newcastle fan's uh, mouth out there was one of the first ones that they saw as he is discardable. He is the one that should be left behind. He should be shipped to Bournemouth or something of that nature, okay? And maybe it wasn't that stark, but at the same time, it felt like it, okay? And now, what does he do? Miguel Almiron is still, I believe, their top scorer on the year, one. And two, he just earned himself a long-term contract, well-deserved long-term contract. So you want to talk about what confidence does? For somebody, Miguel Almiron is, uh, you know, to a much lesser extent, uh, the Marcus Rashford of Newcastle at this moment in time. And it, it is great to see, even in their losing efforts. To an extent. Um, to an extent, yes. Yeah. I like, I like oh, that of show. Oh, of course. I like to an extent. Show. I like that show. To, to a much smaller extent. I'm, I have to uh, <laughs> confirm that with you. Oh, I love it. Love it. So, you, I mentioned, I mentioned with the Kazmiru talk, another player. And this team, Man City... Mm. Arsenal won, and Man City won their game too, okay? The title race yep. is on between these two teams, and someone cannot stop breaking records, okay? <laughs> and Erling Haaland officially yeah. is the Man City player with most goals scored in the league, a record previous hold by Aguero with 26 yeah. goals. And, and Haaland broke the record in 24 games, this man is ridiculous, world-class talent at 22. At 22. It's unbelievable. And he came to win the Champions League for Man City. So I expect Erling Haaland to go bold in the second leg of Leipzig in the Etihad. Iqvardiol masterclass, I got to say, in the first leg. But Haaland, go bold in the Champions League. That's your competition, man. That, that that is it, it is the most um <laughs> the least fanfare when it comes to it of somebody scoring 27 premier league goals by february oh. with 13 or so games remaining and yet it feels in many in many spaces it feels like it's not even a blip on the radar of what? most people more more people more people cared about finding phil foden and seeing him come back against bournemouth um in my opinion than than they did erling holland scoring his ridiculous amazing 27th premier league goal of the season (laughs) honestly i i i i feel that exact same way it's almost (laughs) kind of like ho-hum now you know where where do we go from here with erling holland at 22 Uh, what is going to what is going to i don't know if this is the right word to say but what is going to titillate us Mm -hmm. moving forward about what erling holland can do um and that's exactly why over the last two weeks you heard so many people say what well, you know, Erling Holland um, just didn't really make Manchester City much better. Maybe he picked the wrong club, right? Maybe he picked the wrong club to go to. We don't need to name With names Guardiola. of who said that, but I, I'm Guardiola sure you can guess. managing the team. How can it's someone say that? That's, I know. That's shambolic. <laughs> and he's 27 goals scored in the Premier League, something that has been unprecedented in recent times, man. Whoever says that has no... Ball knowledge, man, because even when Guardiola, <laughs> said, <laughs> even when Guardiola said like it was that Guard, uh, that Aguero, I can't see a player yeah. replacing him. Now he's looking at Haaland like, whoa. Yeah. And what the thing the, for me, the craziest thing about Man City with Erling Haaland is Haaland scores 27 Premier League goals and Julian Alvarez mm. in the same game with Burnham scores mm. two. And he's the replacement yep. for Erling Haaland long term that has won. A World Cup 
<laughs> playing striker, the position of Haaland. So it's just insane, the business, like the decisions at the top from Man City. I just wanted there to is. say that. <laughs> and, and and here's the funny thing is, is it, it's all for naught at Manchester City if they don't win the Champions League final, well, right? Um, and and you, you mentioned Julian Alvarez getting overshadowed by the 27th goal of, uh, 27th Premier League goal of Erling Haaland. Well, Phil Foden... Um, who hasn't played as much in 2023 as I'm sure he would have liked. Mm. Uh, there were questions of, is Phil Foden even in Pep Guardiola's future anymore? Has has Phil Foden lost the confidence of Pep Guardiola? Well, let's just rewind a bit because people are allowed to have like lesser periods of form. Mm-hmm. Phil Foden just played his 200th appearance. Oh. 200th appearance for Manchester City. He's 22 years old. He has 11 trophies. 11 trophies to his name, Okay. And on top of that, he has 98 goal involvements in those 200 appearances, which clearly were not all starts. So Phil Foden has um, him being literally one of the only, except maybe Rico Lewis now, one of the only Manchester City Academy players that has been by Pep Guardiola's side from the beginning, has Mm -hmm. refused to go out on loan in order to prove himself to Pep Guardiola. He deserves everybody's respect. When it comes down to it, and no, he has not lost Pep Guardiola's confidence. Stop it, okay? And he showed he showed that against Bournemouth. And Grealish so. is gaining the confidence to a Man City he fans is. because he is scoring crucial goals. And Mar is involved, Bernard Silva involved. What I think, what I I liked some comments about Thionry. Thierry that he, he said Haaland needs to understand more the movements of his teammates and I completely agree a lot of the runs that Haaland does they don't seem to have a lot of the intent of what Bernard Silva Kevin De Bruyne Mahrez what right. they're thinking or what he's thinking so I yeah. think we're going to see an improvement from Erling Haaland yeah. long term with how he plays with his teammates this is what's going to improve yep. the most with Pep Guardiola yes the touch the pass everything will improve in terms technically too but the way he understands the game that's going to be yep. the biggest change with Erling Haaland oh. when he leaves Man City one day to join <laughs> Real Madrid or Barca we don't know I'm yeah, being hopeful it, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where it it feels like it can be instantaneous to understand how to play to somebody's strengths, especially your teammates, mm-hmm. but it takes time to understand uh, how to minimize your play, your teammates weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the biggest thing. I think uh, that Erling Holland, it takes time for him to understand um, that Rodri or um, Gundogan, Gundogan is not going to always play that behind the um, you know behind the center backs yes. uh, through ball that that Holland used to yeah. get as part of a counter um, with with well, Bo yeah. Dortmund like that was the bread and butter mm-hmm. at Dortmund right it was just Holland's fast Holland is also incredibly strong just play it behind him. Bellingham. It'll, Bellingham it'll go well, it right? Bellingham exactly. would, uh, would get that pocketed past uh, Yeah, so, and to understand that takes time. It doesn't – Todd Bowley, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> I'm sorry. And uh, we said Man City won, and there's a title race. There was an important win, mm. too, from Arsenal's point of view. And the most yes. important piece of news I see from the Arsenal camp, it's – Finally, Arsenal, after getting the Martinelli extension, I see positive news about the Saka extension, the most important extension at this club, and they have to get it done ASAP. Mm. The news says until 2028, so great job, Arteta, Edu, everyone involved, because Saka is, at 21, one of the best wingers in football. In Absolutely. football. <laughs> 
Yep. And I wanted to say and that. <laughs> other other encouraging signs. I, you you obviously hit on the big one there because uh, mm. Saka. Yeah, you you got to get that done. And them getting Martinelli done. I mean, this yes. is your co-leading scorer, uh, co-leading goal scorer uh, for Arsenal this season. And those are um, <laughs> But yeah, exactly. And now I just need to say. You know, the next thing that I saw that was incredibly positive that builds <laughs> these things for the future were Arteta's words about Fabio Vieira, too. He loves his development, and he's saying it's almost so tough for him right now to keep him off the pitch amidst this. Um, and, 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 and he is somebody, Fabio Vieira, is somebody that could wind up being an, an X factor, not just for this season late on, but also for future seasons. Because remember, Arsenal's still got a yeah a fun little Europa League tie um, <laughs> that I'm pretty sure Fabio Vieira is going to play a big part in um, I, in the very I, near future. I can say this. Fabio Vieira, in terms of under-23 yeah. players, vision on the pitch, he has one of the best yeah. visions in football. The way he sees yeah. the game, in terms of playmaking and passing ability too, he is a top assister. So people, please, please... Please, special attention to this development that Bretton's talking about Arteta yep. with Fabio Vieira. Hey, I love that. And, and no parte, no parte, and Jorginho no. is doing the job. And Jorginho yep. is being coached by Arteta. You can see that. And it's not just Jorginho with Sahi now. It's Jorginho with yeah. Arteta do, doing proper passes and being key to the link-up play of our Arsenal too. So I got to give credit to that. <laughs> and and if you're going to give credit to Jorginho, I'm going to give credit to Leandro uh, Trossard because he once again plays a role. And, and, and this is what it comes down to. Instead of getting sucked into a bidding war that <laughs> might have consequences, Mudrik could turn out to be whatever, the, the steal of a century in the, in the near future or whatever. But in terms of right now, in the midst of a race, Trossard has already played a massive part and Jorginho has already played a massive part. So mm, I think Arsenal while shrewd, uh, were right to do what they had to do uh, as they get ready to duke it out with Man United and Man City um, to win this thing, to potentially win this thing. And the other thing I got to say that I love seeing, they just beat and clean sheeted, that's Mm -hmm. not a verb, but they just beat uh, Leicester City, who's been much improved, uh, one zip away, okay? And I love hearing that Gabriel and William Saliba are kind of getting into a tiff on the field about how it was done as long as it remains civil as long as it remain remains constructive um uh, that's exactly what you want to see we just beat them one zip we just kept them scoreless and yet there is still more to improve william saliba has not been his perfect self he's 21 he should not be his perfect self but he is still one of the best if not the best young center back in the Premier League and obviously one of the best in the world. I, I still think, yeah, Ronaldo <laughs> Rouge. But Ronaldo Rouge, he's got he's got two years on him. It's you know, true. he's ancient compared to <laughs> William Saliba. Um, I, I think more so a lot of people are talking about Josco Gavardio uh, uh, versus Saliba at this moment uh, in time. But I, I still think, you know, you put Saliba one. in the Bundesliga uh, and he can Vardio's do what Gavardio is doing. But I think Vardio, yeah. the World Cup form, I think this season – I know Saliba's being an, an instrumental for Arsenal, but for Croatia yeah. and now for Leipzig, even yeah, that way, that draw against Man City, Guardiola had a mm-hmm. hand, man. But I loved how you said that. Gabriel and S- William Saliba, no doubt in my mind, are the best centre-back pairing. Oh, Lisandro Martinez and Varane. I was just ah, about to ask you. Yeah. It's a tough discussion now. It's because uh, uh, no Maguire is here. 
No Maguire. So yep. those are the top two duos <laughs> when Ruben Diaz is injured. <laughs> I gotta I ask Alex, that. do you do you do you miss your Harry Maguire hatred? No, do you I miss, really don't. Do you miss railing on him every no. week? <laughs> <laughs> and, well, well, I, I really am happy about that because now we have I an know. archive of how we were sure. right. It's <laughs> true. Center back with defensive true. mid. And there's a, lot, there's a lot more. If you're listening to episode 94, you know we get more things right than wrong people. So <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out to a special thing. A Portuguese man. <laughs> I know Fabio mm. Vieira's at Arsenal too, but there's another Portuguese man on loan, and he's already got six goals scored. Nun Tavares. Nun, Nun Tavares. We have oh, Nun Mendes. Nun Tavares. Now Fabio Vieira at Arsenal there, but Nun Tavares has, has six goals this season as a wingback for Olympique de Marseille. The second yep. loan that seems to be successful after Saliba too. <laughs> oh, Gendouzi yeah. didn't go too well. But Nun Tavares seems to be going well. So I wanted to give that it shout does. <laughs> it does seem to be going well. And Marseille is technically still in the run of things. Uh, the league on, and I know that they're they're facing PSG uh, very shortly. But uh, without leaving the Premier League, if we're done with Arsenal, mm. I, I, I just have to, I have to agree with some of our compatriots, uh, whether it's on TikTok or YouTube, um, anyone that is a rabid Liverpool fan. Um, I, I don't know how you feel anything but embarrassed as it stands. I mean, to, to follow up that Real Madrid, um, I'm sorry, that, that implosion mm -hmm. and the five spot that Real Madrid put on them to follow it up with a zero, zero tie. Uh, zero zero draw against Crystal Palace. Um, I, I don't I don't know what the future has in store for Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, but oh, it doesn't yeah. seem positive unless there's massive massive change. It abreast. will be. It will be. It will be. I think Klopp. But where do you start? With Bacetich, <laughs> with Bacetich being there and letting go of Fabinho, Naby Keita's yeah. going, and I think this season for Liverpool. They just need to realize that they just made horrible decisions in the past with their midfield. Naby Keita, mm. uh, Wijnaldum being let go, Oxdel Chamberlain. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you rely on Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott, I, I think he's going to be good. But Basetic is the best of the, of the midfielders right now, and he's 18. And that's a problem. Yeah. Tiago Alcantara, like Fabinho, Henderson, you got a lot of names. So Liverpool... Yeah have to put all their chips, in my opinion, in getting Jude Bellingham. And I really feel that way. Bacheti, yeah. Jude Bellingham, and Jordan Henderson, or Tiago Alcantara would obviously have much better results than what we're seeing this season. And I think Klopp's going to rely on that. Yeah, and, and it feels like there's obviously this injury bug that, that has hit them. Um, but at the same time, I mean, one of the biggest things that, that just confirms fuddles me if that's even a word is uh, the, the play of Fabinho the play of Matip I mean some of these guys that were so big and so instrumental for them last season mm -hmm. have really taken just a massive massive step back Fucked. right and 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 that is what what I don't know is that is that Klopp's fault is it just I, I the player's fault, fault. It, it is I, yeah is Klopp asleep at the wheel when it comes down <laughs> to just assuming everything I mean maybe there needs to be more competition right for those spots the issue is is when the competition is the 60 million spend you had on mm -hmm. Nabi Keita or or Ibrahima Konate who can't stay healthy most of the time or That's Joe true. Gomez coming back from what his 19th ACL surgery I don't I don't know. You need to bring in new blood and exactly. new blood and entrust people like you've been forced to do 
Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have happened if there wasn't an injury like you've been forced to do with Stefan Bashitic. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's not Klopp saying, you know, I really liked him in training. I'm going to give him a go. No, he's only doing that because he's down to his bare bones when it comes to it. Um, and and there needs to be more trust, I think, put in that academy, even while they are fighting for what used to be fighting for a Premier League title. No, it's top not anymore. Four. They're fighting for that top four, and Chelsea. And they are. Chelsea's but, fighting oof. more closer to the relegation. <laughs> they, no, but what I'd they say, are. but what I'd say, yeah. the difference is like Liverpool all these years had to match Man City. And always with rush, big signings, but rushed with Naby Cates, in my opinion. Even Jota, yep. when he came. Jota was a great signing, but he was rushed. Gakpo rushed. So, in my opinion, this is a consequence of... You can get right decisions a lot of times, like Man City, Brighton, Newcastle. But you get to a stage that too many wrong decisions or a, or, or a pile of wrong decisions will make yep. damage. And Naby Keita, Oxdale chamberlain all these wrong decisions are doing damage right now. So I'm gonna well, I'm that's why I'm pointing fingers. <laughs> yeah, and, and while I think it's probably not feasible for them to get Bellingham, I know I know you you have optim you have optimism. You have optimism. What what I mean Declan Rice for uh, what has been a massive drop off for West Ham, Declan Rice has been one of the best midfielders in the Premier League consistently all Facts. season. Okay. Malinia too. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what what would keep Liverpool? Um, except I know Declan probably has the the, the want to, to go London. to Chelsea at some point. Or right. Uh, but but Liverpool, if you can actually lay out a project for him, of mm-hmm. which he's a big focal point. Um, and and then if you can't get Declan Rice, um, you might as well start looking abroad. And and I'm gonna say it. Get Manuel Ugart. Um, because uh, he's been, he's been on the tips of everybody's tongue, but obviously he has shown his quality and everyone's starting to pep up to it, uh, over the last few weeks. And he's going to do it again against Arsenal, except he's going to be missing in that first leg (laughs) to the yellow card accumulations. Exactly. But like Liverpool, Liverpool, Ugart, Jude Bellingham, Manu Kone, Bashetich too there. Manu mm. Kone, I'd love mm. to. That would be a proper signing too. And if they want like to go one. hella bold for the future, just get a Florian Wirtz, man. Florian Wirtz back from the ACL. He's back as it seems. No problemo. I'd go bold and get him. I bet he got that extension short term too. So he's going to be very expensive, but you might as well get him now because he'll be even more expensive in six months time. <laughs> Fair enough. So I just Fair enough, to say man. that. But there's a lot of mm. names, a lot of positive. Even Mason Mounts, I've seen his name being shouted out for Liverpool. So it'd interesting. be interesting. A good work rate for Klopp. Bashetic, sure. Mason Mount, and a Jude Bellingham. But still, Ugart, Ooh. great shout, Bretton, mm. great shout. I love it. But tell us down below, what did we miss with the Premier League? We want to see yep. your comments. But I mentioned Florian Wirtz. Florian Wirtz in his last four games has two goals and three assists. He was out 10 months from football, and I'm hyped. I'm going to say this. He's my top five wonder kids to watch, definitely. Definitely. Yep. He could already play for Germany next to Jamal Musiala. Wirtz and Musiala. Yeah. So I get first shout out out. <laughs> well, yeah, and he's working his way back into that best teenager uh, conversation uh, oh, yeah, for a little yeah. while longer. And and now that Jamal Musiala has, you know, graduated to 20 years old. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's Florian Wirtz, Jude Bellingham in, in, the, in the Bundesliga mm-hmm. uh, still making waves. And um, it, it's just... You love these types of comeback stories, mm-hmm. right? There is never, 
never a guarantee. Yes, it's a little bit easier uh, with a younger body, right? With a 19-year-old or an 18-year-old that gets injured. But there's no guarantee that he comes back. Um, if, if you look at his form, right? If you look at his what he's done, what Florian Wirtz has done over the first um, you know, two months of this 2023, it doesn't look like this kid has ever been injured at all. Facts. Exactly. <laughs> it's he, unbelievable. He seems, and, and Bundesliga, world-class wonder kids, Jude Bellingham, yeah. Florian Wirtz, Josh Kokfardiol, Jamal Musiala, Dominic Shoboslai, like Matisse Tell. You got so Reina. many. <laughs> you, Reina. I don't know what's going on with Reina right now, but Reina. Good shout. Uh, good yeah. shout. Good shout. So, so many wonder kids to watch in the Bundesliga. It's Fair. insane. But Kvartiol, legitimately, people, I believe he can become the best center back in the world. He's got that potential and he's played left back for Croatia in the Euros in the past too. So he's got that versatility. He's so young and he's such yeah. a leader for Leipzig and for Croatia too. Joško Kvardiol. Unbelievable. But, 100 but, million. You think he's but you think he's about to get exposed by Haaland at the Etihad. Is that what I'm hearing? That's what Haaland needs to do. That's why Haaland there is there. That's why Haaland <laughs> is like renowned as the best wonder kid in the Champions uh, League since but, Christian Ronaldo, uh, it seems, with those stats he had from the start. So that's what uh, I think uh, it needs to happen. Uh, and, yeah. hey, uh, and hey, um, you know, the, the, the best story is not just Gavardi all. It's not just Wirtz in the Bundesliga. It's uh, collectively a team that we've kind of, I don't want to say made fun of over the last few years, but let's just say mm. there's a big reason why Borussia Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund has won nine in a row right now. True. And and it's 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 actually incredibly simple manager. before you try and break it down. <laughs> it, it is, it is a manager. He's a 40-year-old manager that knows Dortmund through mm. and through, okay? But it's more so, guess what? Guess what's light right now? Mm. What's light is the workload of their doctors. What's light is the workload in their physio room. They don't have many long-term injuries as it stands. And if you keep Dortmund and the amount of talent that they have, if you can keep them relatively healthy, they generally can actually do some good things. And then you add in there a more mature Jude Bellingham who's doing everything. You add in there some depth up top, even though it's not as um, mm. not as a kind of punch-you-in-the-face type, you know, not uh, Holland scoring goals left and right. Instead, it's Adeyemi gets hot. <laughs> then Hilaire scores a goal. Exactly. Then it's Marco Royce coming back from injury and doing some good things. And oh, by the way, you have Julian Brandt, who most people think is like 32 years old. A 26-year-old Julian Brandt scoring goals left and right and really, really important goals and playing out of his absolute mind for Bo Russia Dortmund right now. And then you say, you know what? Yeah, nine out of nine is not that crazy. It's really, really impressive, though, what we're seeing with Bo Russia Dortmund. It and I'm, is I'm here for it. Nine wins in a row didn't happen with Thomas Tuchel. Didn't happen with, no. with Klopp. It happens with Mr. Terzic that knows how to play with the Wonder yeah. Kids. With Jude Bellingham, captain too. 19 years old captain. And that happens. Nine wins in a row. Equals to Bayern Munich right now in the top of the Bundesliga with 46 yep. points. This is the title race now, and I'm putting my chips in Dortmund. Has got to trust the Wonder Kids. I love uh, that. I love it. I got it. And no striker, man. That Lewandowski. That Lewandowski. Yeah. Shupu Moting. They're relying on him. They're relying on Matisse yeah. 17. Lewandowski uh -huh. leaving Bayern Munich opened the Bundesliga title race, in my opinion. 
So big they, win they, against they, Union Berlin for Bayern. They did they did open it, but we do have to remember they've been without Bayern Munich has also been without Sadio Mane since November, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, right? And he just stepped back onto the field for the first time um, as Bayern Munich. Uh, I, I know if this is too far out of the realm of saying mutilated union berlin uh everything everything that made union berlin special was exposed um in this particular match and it wasn't even close okay uh byron just dominated from the get-go kingsley Komen showed his his absolute quality when he wants to and then jamal musiala kicked it in for i don't know how what are we up to are we up to 20 some goal involvements uh, it's like 23 goal involvements in 24 games or something Oof. for jamal musiala as an as a now 20 year old um that's but not... yeah Bayern munich that's why i'm saying i love your optimism for bo russia, bo russia dortmund i would love to see Gio Reyna lift the trophy i would love to see the hegemony if that's the right way to say the word uh broken uh, of Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga, hmm. but because Sadio Mane is back, I'm gonna say I think Bayern's doing it. <laughs> oh man, and we don't need to be so positive though about the Serie, yeah. because the Serie, as it seems, Napoli are now 18 points ahead of the second place Inter that lost to Bologna. Insane. It's insane. Oh. Kvišek Varetskilia MVP with 10 goals, nine assists. Oh, the impact for 10 million. I haven't seen anyone like this replacing mm. Mertens and Insigne. It's so bold. And the other player. It's one of the best duos in football right now with Kvisha and Ozime. Ozime that equaled the record of Christian Ronaldo scoring in eight consecutive matches in Serie A. 19 yep. goals scored this season and three assists, Ozime. He's going to cost more than 100 million to anyone that goes and gets him for that reason. So I just wanted it, to give that shout. <laughs> and, and you know, this is, a, this is a textbook, like this is how you manage a, a two-front week, right? Mm -hmm. Napoli gets by in, in the Champions League, and then they, they take care of their match versus Empoli. Right. True. And 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 nobody else for some reason could do it. I mean, a lot of the English teams, uh, a lot of the, the Premier League teams that are throwing money left and right at people um, couldn't do a dang thing to put their ties away in the Champions League. And then they they also struggle when it comes to the league, except for obviously City and Arsenal. Well, Arsenal didn't play. But what I'm trying to say here is that Kavard, Skilia, Osimen, and and their their amazing ro rotating cast of characters, and obviously Spalletti knows what their more importantly, what their weaknesses are when it comes to uh, Napoli. They know how to actually get the job done right now. And 18 points at this point in the season mm -hmm. for a team that hasn't won since Diego Maradona was around. Yeah. I mean, that just is so impressive <laughs> that it, it's almost impossible to quantify. And the, and the craziest thing here, as you just mentioned, Kavara Skilia and Osimen being po the best duo right now in uh, in world football. Um it One still of. continues. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the best. I'm going to actually Vinicius. go out on a limb. What they oh, did at no. Anfield, man. That was no. pretty historic. I, I, don't don't care because then they drop points, right? The Madrid ah. derby, and they need they need eighteen year old Alvaro Rodriguez to bail them out. They've ah. already lost the La Liga. Real Madrid have already lost the La Liga title to to uh, Barcelona, in my opinion. And, and, Everything is in the Champions League, and I'm going to say because they're doing it on two fronts, Cavaras, Gilia, and Osimhen are better than Benzema and Vinicius <laughs> Junior right now in terms of form. I have no problem saying that, and I will I'll go toe to toe with anybody and in the, the comments Brian about too? that because oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, right now, right now. I, I, I think, I think Holland, Holland gets, you know, he gets it from other places as well. 
Um, the Osamen Kavarit Skeel, yeah. The Osamen Kavarit Skeel, here's, here's a testament to it. Versus Empoli, okay? Kavarit Skeel did not directly supply an assist to Osamen, oh, but he indirectly did. He's class. the one that took the shot at the top of the key. The key. Oh, it's like NBA now. At the top of the 18, and it was spilled and right into Osamen's path, and he roofed it. Okay, oh, this pass, is the yeah. type of stuff that Osamen knows exactly what Kavarit Skilia is doing. He has watched him, he has studied him, and that's the that's the dang reason why he's got 19 Serie A goals already this season. It ain't 27 like Holland, but it is pretty dang good. <laughs> They're the top um, two. So, They're the top two in goal scorers yeah. right now in the world of football in top five leagues. It's amazing. So big credit amazing. to those two and Dybala. We get like Kavarit Skilia is going bold, but. Dybala's going bold too with Mourinho, securing now that top that top four race for Roma with opponents of Lazio. You got uh, Napoli. Oh, Napoli's gonna win. Inter, Juve. <laughs> okay, but Dybala has been crucial for Roma this season. He's got 12 goals scored and six assists in 25 games for Roma. The impact with Mourinho, unbelievable. And yeah, Spinazzola's uh, back. They yeah. interesting team with Roma. <laughs> I wanted to say that. Yeah. Mourinho ain't doing uh, a bad job. He ain't doing a bad no, job. No, no, he's not doing a bad job. I, I I will be interested to see how they how they manage against Real Sociedad in the next round um, in the Europa League. But but I I mean I I love what Dybala is doing, and he was monstrous in that game. He was absolutely monstrous in that game. But uh, Ostemen still to go back to it. I mean, yeah. this not only did he score midweek right in the Champions League. Okay, he he also then registered another goal in the Syria, and I believe I could be wrong, but I believe it is his, it is his eighth Syria game in a row yes. that he has scored a goal. I said okay. uh, equal uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, you said that I missed yeah. that. Okay, so my 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 brain is a little foggy because I'm a little sick right now, but I it it bears repeating, Alex. That's how pretty amazing it is. It is it is um, pretty crazy hmm. right, that that happened. And Europa League we were mentioning, okay? Europa League yep. fixtures are out, and I've got a stat yeah. here that we were mentioning. Serie Inter is the team in Europa League history that has scored the most points ever with 329 points. In second, mm. Sporting with 302 points. In third, Tottenham, okay, in Europa League points scored with okay. 292 points. So Inter, Sporting, and Tottenham have history in the Europa League, as it seems. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and... <laughs> The, the only issue here is Sporting landed a pretty tough draw. Very when tough. It comes down to Arsenal. It. <laughs> they're, they're yeah. one of the contenders to win it. I'd say right Absolutely. now to win Europa League or it's Man United mm. or Arsenal yep. or Juventus. Di Maria, what was mm. that? Amazing yep. goal. Remontada. Trust Di Maria, man. Experience. Oh, my days. Freiburg will beat Juventus. Oh, <laughs> What? I don't. I, mean, I don't. I don't even really need to qualify it with anything else. I. I honestly believe that Freiburg will beat Juve. Ooh, will Freiburg <laughs> win Europa League for you? <laughs> no, no, I don't think they'll win. But I think everybody is discounting them just simply what? because they're not used to their name. But they have. They have weapons. They. They are very organized, and and Juve can be broken down. Man, they. Juve. They. They are not. They are not good. If Di Maria obviously does what he did, I mean that goal was ridiculous um uh, 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 but it really was but i i don't think i mean 
I think Freiburg is going to get by Juve. I think oh. they're going to expose their weaknesses. They're going to give up. We'll break it down as it gets closer, I'm sure. But I am going to say that if I'm going to have to pick one big upset mm. in that round, this round of 16, right? Awesome. Replenished round of 16. I am going to say uh, oh. Freiburg. And I also am going to say um, that Feyenoord has a chance as well. Mm. Um, they're at the top of the ear divisie table and they've been playing pretty good football. Um, and they, they do have Shakhtar next, but I am pretty confident they'll go by him. So if you're going to pick anyone other than United and Arsenal, um, it, for me, it is going to be, you know, I think Feyenoord has a shot and I think Roma does potentially <laughs> have a shot. Roma, um, Mourinho, so Man United, Arsenal, Roma, yeah. Juventus, also yeah. in Europa League, man. If Jose Mourinho wins the Europa League after winning the Conference League. Oh, Jesus, that would be amazing for his legacy of Jose Mourinho. And I... I I'm not, cool. Look, I've seen, I've seen worse. I've seen it more impossible, being honest. Mm. And I'm going to give a shout-out in the podcast to Cristiano Ronaldo, okay? He scored his second hat-trick in Saudi Arabia. And as it seems, he's going to be the all-time goal scorer of the Saudi League. And Marcelo, yeah. I mean, he's going to join. Marcelo's gonna join Al Nasser. I said it here first. <laughs> I, I thought, are you what? You think he's still? I mean, money talks, but come on. I mean, didn't he say something to the effect of like Cristiano oh, Ronaldo's no, no, playing? Oh no, he's not. Oh, sorry, sorry. Marcelo's going. Oh, to he's Fluminense. not. No, no, no. Sorry, I, oh, I got okay. it wrong. I got it wrong. Sorry, okay. I had it. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, cap, I, I, I cap thought. I thought. I, I thought there was a quote out there where, where I don't know if it was as, uh, as, as poignant as this, but it was like, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo scoring goals on easy mode. I uh, mean, well, that's that's kind of that's kind of what it is, or maybe that was some some TikToker or something imagine, that I'm talking a phrase from. But, imagine if hey, Cristiano goal, Ronaldo goals. in Saudi Arabia yeah. scores more than 91 goals in a calendar year. People will go insane at 38 years old if Cristiano Ronaldo does that. 827 will... goals in his career, 62 yeah. hat tricks. That's pretty insane yeah. if he does that. <laughs> but there, but there will be a whole lot of people that won't validate that in any it's way, true. shape, or form. It's true. But you know? and then, then that's Portugal. so. <laughs> so one, so once again, he leaves Saudi Arabia not to be. Uh, you know, controversial, and he winds up being controversial if he scores 91 <laughs> goals. Obviously, he scored 91 goals in any setting, let mm. alone at his age. I mean, it's it's impressive, and and if that's the cherry on the top of his career that he wants to put there, fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, after having you know one or two games where everyone's like, oh look, Cristiano Ronaldo can't even you know score in the Saudi. Yeah, yeah, that is gone. That is gone and <laughs> gone. dusted. He 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 clearly has solved those defenses already, and we're not even you know four games in. So um, I, I just, I, I look at it at what point does he go? This ain't a challenge anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I think I mean, so, already he's, yeah, he's thinking to himself. I know he loves scoring, but he's but probably thinking to himself like, eh. I, I can go to the Champions League one more season maybe. Well, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see with time. I think yeah. he's, he's improving now, like mental-wise, and I think that was a very tough time. So let's see with Cristiano Ronaldo what happens next. But uh, Sergio Ramos, he, he announced yep. that he's retired from Spanish national team. And I agree mm -hmm. with him. It's pretty sad the way he was treated at the end. He deserved yep. to be in that World Cup. And he even said, like, how Croatia treated Modric, how Pe Portugal treated Cristiano and Pep. It's true. Spain should have treated Sergio Ramos, one of the greatest center backs ever. Not just of Real Madrid, of Spain. 
better. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I mean, there's I, I'm trying to remember his name, but like D- Domagaj Vita or whatever his name is, the guy that with the ponytail for Croatia. <laughs> yes, I mean, he he's no longer at his peak for Croatia, but they brought him. Why? They brought him why mentality. for experience, yeah. for mentality, and that's exactly what Spain actually was probably missing Fox. late on in that tournament. You know, so like I, I, I look at it and I say, yeah, unless you think Sergio Ramos is going to get in the way, mm-hmm. which I don't know mm-hmm. who would necessarily think that Luis based Enrique. on what his career has meant, but clearly it's yeah, clearly yeah. Luis Enrique uh, felt that way. So I, I honestly don't know, but yeah, I mean, hey, what a career. Mm-hmm. What a career for Spain and, and don't, doing things that Spain never thought were possible True. Um, until guys like him and, and Xavi and, and Iniesta and Busquets came around. True. So. True. And, and, and I mentioned Sergio Rems. I just want to say on the podcast to episode 94, people, no doubt. Okay. Alvaro Rodriguez is going so bold, being one of the best super subs in football yes. and assists with Osasuna, scoring against okay. Atletico de Madrid too. And I got to say, give the number seven jersey to Vinicius Jr. Play Alvaro yeah. Rodriguez more next season and give the number seven to Vinicius Jr. I think it's been shown like it. this week. I wanted to give that yep. to the Real Madrid fans. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you did that. I mean, anyone that watched the U-20 Sudamericano saw that there are some special, special Uruguayan talents that almost almost were able to, to beat Brazil, right, mm-hmm. to the title. Um, Alvaro Rodriguez was at the tippy top of that. Now, Alvaro Rodriguez, um, I'm trying, I'm forgetting who is in charge of Castilla. It's Raul, a, it's a, Raul. it's Raul. It's Raul. Yeah. Duh. It's Raul. Um, obviously he's going to spend a little more time at Castilla, but it, it is great. Like Ancelotti has already come out and said, no, he's a first team player from mm-hmm. next season on. There's exactly. no doubt in his mind that he is a first-team player, and I'm glad Ancelotti sees it, whether he's going to be there or not. I'm glad he sees that um, because it's absolutely true, and guess what? He can help him this season too. Um, whether it's uh, giving Benzema a rest so they can focus on the Champions League and he can play the rest of the La Liga minutes because they've already lost it to Barcelona, um, well, let's give the Super Cla- let's give the Classico one more go. If they beat Barcelona <laughs> head-to-head, they, they chip away a little bit. But when it comes down to it, Alvaro, um, Alvaro Rodriguez, what's what's even more impressive to me is in those minutes against Osasuna, where, where he didn't have that much time to make a you know an impact, mm-hmm. um, he he should have had another goal involvement in that game, right? <laughs> but it was called back, I think, due to somebody being offsides that yep. was not him. Um, and then he, for him not to get down on himself, to him then to come back and and provide that assist to I think Asensio is who it was, and then to come back and actually salvage a point in oh, not just any game hmm. for Alvaro Rodriguez to score the equalizer in the 85th minute of the Madrid derby. I mean, come on, it takes a, a certain amount of cojones. It's great. <laughs> it's wonderful to see. And it's Valverde, great to see. inspiration of him. Like, Ancelotti, what is he doing with these Uruguayan talents, with the Brazilian talents? South America loves Ancelotti. And that's why Brazil national teams try to get a hand of Ancelotti too, man. Rodrigo, Vinicius, Hendrik scoreless too. 12 matches. Whoa, that's a problem. But I believe in Hendrik at 16. He's got loads of intangibles too. too, even without the goals. Trust the process, people. Because, because even even without the goals, he he was starting in many cases. I think off the ball, he he really does help. And this isn't yeah. like in the same. You know, this kid is 
barely barely an H, right? Uh, and no, and but... yet when it comes when it comes down to it, everybody thought you know the moment he signed that deal with Real Madrid, he should be just running uh, the Brazilian Real uh, ragged, scoring 20, 25 goals a year. That that that's not how be. it works. It's he not how be. it works, and he will be. But listen, even while he wasn't necessarily scoring, Palmeirish is in the middle of an eleven game unbeaten streak. True. Okay, so it's not like he's part of a team right now that is all struggling because his goal scoring is not happening. Exactly. Okay, it, it, Endrick, they are giving him the ability to play through these types of spells, not so they can get him down and beat him down. It's more so they can build him up, hopefully, more so that they can build up him up like an Abel Ferreira does, build him up after the fact, give him the confidence to get through this rough patch because it won't be the last rough patch that he has in his oh, career. Very well okay? said, Bretson. And I'm going to say, Endrick will leave the Brasileirão and Palmeiras seen as a better player than when Vinicius Jr. left Flamengo. No one, sure. people, can match the level of Sancho with Neymar. Neymar was in the top 10 Ballon d'Or talk, and he's, yeah. the first, he was, he's the first and only player since that time when Neymar was at Sancho to be yeah. in the South America leagues and to be in the mm. top 10 of the Ballon d'Or. That's insane. So don't put it those is. same expectations with Hendrik. At 16, because he'll be at yep. Real at 18, and Neymar was 21 when this happened. But people, mm. if you're listening until now, do not forget to like episode 94. Write in the comments your thoughts about Todd Boyley with Graham Potter. Your thoughts about United. Your thoughts about the Wonder Kids. Like, we want to see you guys in the comments section. And if you're listening until now, thank you. Thank you so much for going bold until now.